Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com, and there you'll find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when it's done and you get to the end and they ask, how did you hear about us? Write Locked On Podcasts so they know that we sent you. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is tuesday march 30th 2021 thank you for tuning in today my wolverines did win they did beat florida state and they're going to play tonight for a chance to go to the final four but we're not going to talk about that we're here to talk about an interview that i did with jimmy o'brien aka john boy maybe the biggest name on 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 twitter on, on baseball twitter i can barely speak right now I'll be darned if this isn't the thing that I am proudest of in my professional career so far. I think that I'm proud of how I handled it. He was incredibly receptive and kind, and this guy's gonna only going to grow, and his following's only going to grow, and he deserves it. I appreciated him taking the time to do so. This is There's no way around it. This is just huge for the show, and I'm very happy right now. But you haven't even listened to it. How about you all sit back, listen, and enjoy this very fun interview that I did with Jimmy O'Brien, a.k.a. John Boy. All right, we are here with Jimmy O'Brien, a.k.a. John Boy, YouTube sensation, baseball Twitter sensation. We're talking 920,000 subscribers on YouTube, 306.8 thousand followers on Twitter, host of the Talking Yankees podcast, host of the Talking Baseball podcast, and now he joins us on Locked on Tigers for an interview. Jimmy, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for that uh, introduction. That was pretty cool. Oh, no problem. Well, you're, you're John boy. We do our research here. I make sure I make sure <laughs> I make sure to look up to make sure exactly down to the last decimal point, how many <laughs> subs you have. And, and with all content creators, and I asked foolish baseball, this, and I asked draft neck Mark this, and I'm going to ask you, I feel like there's a moment where things just pop. And I want to know what was that moment for you where things went from, you know what, this is a nice, fun little hobby to, man, this might be something that I can make that I can do professionally. Yeah. It's, it's like an interesting for me to try and figure that out because um, it was in 2017, it was just a hobby. And then I I got uh, an offer to do it full time. I got like a small investment from a buddy who thought he he saw, he, he was dreaming big for me, you know? And then uh, so some, maybe that was it. And then, I was doing it, but I wasn't making any money. I had like an investment to live off to try and become profitable and do well. So we did that for a while. And then strategically we built up the Yankees stuff for a couple of years. And then in 2019, we said, all right, we have to slowly pivot here to all of baseball. Otherwise this isn't going to go anywhere, but we wanted to build up the Yankees contingent first as kind of like our home base. So when we expanded, 
there was like something to fall back on or they, you know, people that had been with us for two years in the Yankees coverage would, would uh, you know, advocate for us when we went into other markets. Like, yeah, no, I like those guys. They're funny or they're good or whatever. So it was really in 2019 when I started uh, doing breakdowns for like everyone else. It was actually a AJ Hinch breakdown with uh, Ron Culpa. Culpa told him I can do whatever I want. I think that was the first one I did that wasn't a Yankees. And it was like, you know, breakdown, which is a satirical name, but um, I went to sleep. And then I think on Twitter, it had over a million views. So I was like, Oh, okay. And then I had DMS from people that were like, Hey, do this more. Um, like people I respect people. I didn't know that would reach out. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I was like, I can do that more. And then by like August of 2019, the YouTube had started rolling in and went kind of that Google AdSense, like that um, just, you know, YouTube money, not like we weren't selling the ads. It was just rolling in. And that was when I saw what my buddy had seen when he invested, where I was like, oh, okay, I get how this works. I get that, like, we can make money. And and then I was like, oh, we can make good money. Oh, this, you know, so I'd say in the middle of 2019, when we when we expanded to, uh, to do breakdowns and, and do podcasts on all MLB, but we needed that base first, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I, in hindsight, how grateful are you that Ron Culpa decided to have a little ego trip there in uh, the, or I think it was May or April of 2019 when yeah, and you could, got into it. Yeah, you could read his lips. Like someone else could read, someone else, someone else had tweeted it and they could read his lips because you could just read it perfectly. Like it was easy. But then I watched and I could read a couple more things that he was saying and, and how bizarre it was. So yeah, thanks, Ron Culpa. We actually, uh, we've since had ex umpire Dale Scott on the show. And, um, he's the first, um, openly gay umpire in MLB. And Ron, he said he had told a really nice story about Ron Culpa, which changed my mind on him. So, well, that, that actually leads me into my next question, which is that, you know, you, you make no bones about the fact that you're a Yankees fan the same way that I, I will not apologize for being a Tigers fan, even though sometimes maybe I should. Uh, but my, my, my question is now that you've grown in popularity, is it harder to be critical of certain players? Cause you know, man, that guy, that guy might watch the video. That guy might listen to a podcast. Is it tougher now than it was say three, four years ago? Well, yeah, but I think it's really good that it is because I just didn't know people were listening back then. I never want someone to be hurt by something I said. So it's, it's, it's actually a great reminder to, and I, I tell this to everyone we bring on, like, don't burn bridges that haven't been built yet. I got really lucky that I didn't do that. It's a good reminder to have, like, be critical of the play, not the player. Uh, and you hear a lot of professional broadcasters say that and stuff, but we're not supposed to be, you know, non-biased play-by-play guys. We're supposed to be fan media where we have, like, frustration. So I think there also is a limit where, you know, some players have to accept like, Hey, this is how fans talk. So, you know, if you're really going to get upset because I'm screaming like you fucking idiot, I don't know if you swear on here. You Uh, no, I I have in the past. So you're good. Okay. Uh, Like, you know, you idiot, like, uh, like that's how fans act. Like that's what this is. Um, And there's no hiding that, but yeah, I think it's, there's definitely like ways that I went about videos in the past that I think I just changed the tone a, a little bit, but I also think like, you know, professional athletes, they are that locker room environment up until they're 30 years old. They, they bust balls and they get on each other. And, and that's kind of where, I, where I'd rather it come from than like any place of malice or intent. Yeah. I mean, you, you've always walked that line. You know, I think yeah. that sometimes when I go back and watch, you know, videos I made when I was 20, you know, acting like 
you know, game 45 against the Mariners was game seven of the world series. And you're like, all right, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe ease up on the throttle a little bit. You know, you, you got, you got to be able to find that balance. You, you brought up the lip reading. Has that just been a thing you've always had? Was that a skill that you developed? Where did that come from? Cause you nail it like 99.9% of the time, dude. Kind, kind of always had it. I don't really know where it comes from. Hmm. Uh, I think context looms large, you know, you have to kind of like watch the situation and think, what could he be saying here? And then you can kind of lean in. If some sometimes people tweet at me, it's just like a like a you know a 10 second shot, and I have no context. I have no idea what they could possibly be talking about. And then I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I think you know the context helps, but that's something whenever I was like in high school, college, when I would watch games with my dad, my dad would always rewind the TiVo or whatever, like bleep, bleep, bleep. What do you say, Jim? And then I I'd, I'd be able to figure it out. Sometimes it's hard. Some coaches are really hard. Some coaches are really easy. Uh, the Texas coach Woodward, super easy. Uh, Bob Melvin, I think for the A's or no garden hire for garden. Yeah, he, he, he was, yeah, he always had incredibly him. hard. I remember, I remember like, and the lip reading ones take forever because people expect me to get it right. So I like really try to, sometimes if I can't figure it out, I don't, it's either like, all right, I'm not posting this video because people will be upset I couldn't figure it out or I got to spend three hours like zooming in, mouthing it along with them, trying to get it. And I remember spending so long on a garden hire one. And then eventually I think I went and I listened to his post-game press conference to see it, what words he was using to describe the ejection. And I was just searching for those words. And then like you find one and you can put the whole puzzle together. He had an interesting cadence and, and way of speaking. Like he, everything he said kind of was the same and the other yeah. kind of you're very slow yeah, like delivery a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, very nice guy. Good soundbite, but I, I could see why he, he may have been uh, a, a little bit difficult. And have you ever had a player now that you've grown, have you had a player or a coach reach out to you and be like, man, that wasn't what I said, or you misquoted me or something like that. No, I've had a lot reach out and say, I got it exactly right. Good. All right. And on the flip side, Cause you do sometimes catch these guys in like vulnerable moments where they're furious, where they're about to, you know, go to fist yeah. cuffs. Have you ever had a guy reach out and be like, man, you kind of, you kind of put me on blast there. Like I got a brand to maintain here. No, again, I think I tried to, you know, the worst one was probably Jared Hughes. I, I really kind of made fun of him for running in from the bullpen and then getting out of breath and everyone loves it. And I kind of won't go back and watch that. Cause I think my tone was a little harsher than I would have liked it. I call everyone a dumb idiot. So like if you're in my path, like if you're my brother, or my sister or my dog or my friend, like dumb idiot is so loose for me. But I think I was calling him like a big dumb idiot. And I think he might not know that like people don't know that I use mm -hmm. that very loosely. I got it. I got in a lot of one time I just I just use the word idiot very loosely and other people don't. So. Uh, like that one, I, I kind of felt bad. I maybe put him on blast, but he had a quote saying like, yeah, it upset him for a little bit. But then he was like, you know what, whatever. It's awesome. It's funny. Blah, blah, blah. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Was last year, despite how insane it was and how you know off the wall it was, was last year easier because you had more hot mics, because you had fewer fans in the stands? Like, what did that Was that actually kind of a dream for Jimmy O'Brien that like, oh God, Thank God I don't have to read lips with 30,000 fans screaming in the stand. Yeah, because the lip readings take forever. So mm. it was kind of like, all right, well, no one's expecting that. I can kind of just make jokes here and there. Um, but it, it is fun when you when you when you when you see it and you can like read the lips perfectly and you're like, oh, okay, I have it's kind of like I have info not everyone is privy to, but I'm I'm happy to share it. So sure. but no, last year it was fun. There were still some big moments and stuff and crazy plays. So and there was even probably still some lip reading. I remember the Braves manager Snitker was, he quoted himself. He said in the media afterwards, like, uh, you know, I covered my mouth so John Boy couldn't read my lips or something like that. And then I made a video just joking about reading his lips. I mean, that's got to be out. so satisfying too when you to know that like a, a manager of the year, a guy who's in the midst of a pennant chase, is actually thinking about you while you're while he's. So, I mean, yeah. that's got to feel good, right? Well, especially he feels like he skews old school, like he mm-hmm. wouldn't be in tune with social media and yeah. dumb videos. So that was cool. Yeah, but every time someone reaches out, and it's getting you know, more common now where they know who I am, and I'm really uh, aware yeah. of it when I do these college breakdowns that I'm doing right now uh, during the offseason because mm-hmm. you know, I did one on – I don't want to get his name. It's Braden or Brandon Olthoff. I forget his name from Tulane. And I was like, oh – let me see if this dude, like, how, like I Googled, how do you pronounce his name? And his Twitter came up and I clicked his Twitter and he followed me. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause it was about, he got like caught for pine tar. And I was like, man, I hope I don't put this guy on blast. Like, but it's such a good video. And that video got like, I don't know, like, like I think it got millions of views on three different platforms. So eventually I DM'd him and I was like, Hey, I hope you're getting more love than, than hate for this. And and he was like, no, dude, it's awesome. That's great. So, and a lot of the college players, like I just did one today and I, and then it goes out and then the players tag each other in response. And I'm like, and those are amateur players. So I'm much more aware. Of, yeah. Oh, they know who I am. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to blow anyone up. What well, the Tulane guy, that was the guy that they tried to bust for pine tar who. who yeah. Didn't, yeah. On Man, I think you helped his stock because me and you noticed the same thing, which was his stuff was great. I was watching that and being like, man, this guy, look, this is a, a two seamer. That's moving like a foot in the zone. This guy's got, this guy's nasty. Like, I think that yeah. you may have ended uh, up Braden. Yeah. yeah. Braden. So I actually, I wanted to DM him before I made the video. Cause I knew he followed me. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, Hey, can you give me like any, I'm making a breakdown on you. Can you give me any insight? But I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to reply and be like, dude, don't make it. Like, I don't want to be right. in the pine tar world where like people are mad at me or 
Or like, he's like, dude, don't make it because I was using it, but I don't want to get, like, I just, I didn't want him to respond and say no. But it turns out he tweeted afterwards that his glove had like an air pocket bubble mm. and he was just pushing it like a little big league, like for good luck in yeah. between pitches. I was like, oh shit, I, I should have DM'd you because that's an awesome tidbit I could have put into the video. And I guess, and I didn't have this question written down, but has there been a video that you haven't made because maybe there was something that you weren't comfortable talking about, or there was something that maybe a player said that you didn't want to discuss? Yeah, there, well, not a video, but like there was like, um, I can only think of one time where there was a player, I think he was on the Dodgers at the time, a couple, two years ago, who, who yelled something from the bench. And I was like, mm, that probably gets him suspended. Yeah. So I, I just sat on it. Yeah. I, I wondered about that because especially now in the age of hot mics, I mean, we saw, what was it? Four years ago, you know, Kevin Pillar get busted. I think Jason Mott struck him out in a quick pitch and he said, said something that got him suspended and, and should have gotten him suspended. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same, same word. If anyone's interested. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll, I, I appreciate you being open about that. That's kind of what I, <laughs> what I thought, but transitioning here because and bringing this kind of around to the tigers, because the tigers now have AJ Hinch as their manager and it's been over Predicted a year. By you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the Tiger, and it's been over a year now since the Astros punishment was handed out, and we've gone through the pandemic, a 60-game season, Manfred putting his foot in his mouth a million times, the piece of metal comment, we've crowned a World Series champion. Uh, so much has changed. Has your opinion about the scandal and the handling of that scandal changed in the last year, or is it kind of where it was at this point in 2020? I'm kind of over it. I, it yeah. It's become such easy fodder for everyone to get the same joke off that I think it's it's more annoying than anything. Like I, yeah, like you know, it, I can't read the same joke. And people people tag me in the joke a lot because they associate me with it. So I get that, and I appreciate that they think of me. But like I'm just kind of over the whole thing. But but as far as punishment, no, it's still stupid. I mean, they didn't investigate anything. I had. Uh, there, all they did was open their inbox. I mean, I, I seen the complaints and the pictures that got sent and the videos that got sent from teams to, uh, to the league office saying like, Hey, can you look into this? Hmm. And, you know, Brian Cashman thanked me. It was like, we could just never get it. We, hmm. you know, on a radio show, he's like, thanks John boy. Like we could just never get the smoking gun. And I, all I did, I mean, all I did was read the same article everyone else did, but I just, I have a lane where I make videos that go with news and it, it blew up, but the investigation, I mean, I don't know what else I'm not going to say like, they definitely should have got this. They definitely should have got this. All I know is they didn't investigate anything. Right. They, all, the, all they did was say, Hey, there's video of the banging and you guys cannot deny that because it's, it's very obvious and true that you use the bang scheme. We'll give you, uh, what's the word? We'll immunity. give you immunity if you admit to that and anything else you were doing. And the players just said, okay, we admit to that, but we didn't do anything else. And then the league said, okay, we believe you. It's like, what? Like, that was all. So like, it wasn't an investigation at all. So that's, that's still the disappointing thing, but I'm ready to just move, move on altogether. It was a difficult thing. And I think I was in denial about it for a long time because I, I just, I loved watching those Astros teams and I, I hate, yeah. And I hate seeing cheating in baseball. And I, I, I pushed back against it. I'm going to wait for the facts, wait for the facts. And it got to a point where I'm like, man, I, it's hard for me to defend you and, and or, or to defend them, obviously. And, and 
you became, you know, kind of on accident, the the unofficial poster boy for that scandal because people saw you in the Yankee cap and you were on the Michael K show, which I love. And you were talking about this and you said, man, I didn't report anything. What you did was you took written, you know, the written word and essentially translated it into video. And then all of a sudden you're on Michael K show. You're on Boomer and Geo. You're on ESPN. Are you still surprised by the fact that you got caught up in that whirlwind or were you thinking at the time, like, well, Yankee fan, you know, I, I kind of get it. No, I, well, I, Yankee fans, one thing, but it's more the, it's a, it's a, it should be taught of how this generation and today people take in media. Uh, the athletic is written word behind a paywall. I, I, I made a two minute video that is me telling the story with my voice. They can hear it and then showing them the matching data that they can see with their eyes. So I'm getting all senses in play. I'm walking through it step by step. They don't have to pay to see it. They don't have to read it. And it's only two minutes long, you know, so that's, it's just, it's just much more digestible. So um, I'm happy that, that's the lane that we found. And that's the lane that like we built our audience to have. So when I posted, it's not, I wasn't some anonymous account or some really small account posting one off video. It was, there was some push from our audience that knew, you know, knew who I was and that, you know, I cover baseball and all that. So, um, and then, and then uh, people just started coming to me with more stuff and I was obsessed. I love scandal. I love like, researching and like diving deep into things and, and, and like just getting lost in uh, a conspiracy theories, but just like theories, I guess. So I had a lot of fun with it, maybe too much fun. Um, But I, a lot of, a lot of people emailed me that were like, wouldn't talk themselves. And were like, Hey, also this, also this, check this out, look into this. Was there any part of you that got enjoyment out of the fact that it was a team that had, knock the Yankees out of the postseason three times? Well, not, no, I don't care about that. Yankees lost because the, their own doings, maybe in 2017, but still uh, in 18, 19, um, the Yankees weren't going to make, weren't going to do anything in the world series. Anyway, I, I don't think they were gassed okay. and they had no pitching, but um, their fan base sure was annoying. I liked the Astros. I loved watching Altuve. I love watching Verlander. And like, even before the scandal Astros fans were just so obnoxious and I would always, I would always say like, I like the Astros. I did not like their fans. And that was before any of this happened. So hmm. I wish it was another team. So there wasn't the Yankees aspect. I wish it was like the Diamondbacks. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was wondering is if, if it was the team I was going to use was the Mariners. Like if it was just some rain or yeah. the Tigers. Now, the fact is I don't, if the Tigers were stealing signs, I don't think they would have lost 114 games two years ago, but yeah. still it's, it's I uh, yeah, no, I mean, I wondered about that too. And I appreciate you being honest and bringing it back around to Detroit were you fine with the Tigers hiring Hinch or are you, you know, one of the people who are like, man, you know, he should have had a longer suspension. He shouldn't be in the league or have should you have had a suspension that, that they, I don't know why they worded it the way they did where these guys got suspended for through the end of the world 2020 world series mm-hmm. when Domingo Herman granted, I'm not advocating for Domingo Herman to not be suspended or to not serve his time, but his was worded as 80 games. So even though 
if you know what I mean. So like, yeah, and they had they had what for Hinch? Was it full calendar year? Or the second the World Series ends, so, second, the World Series yeah. ended through the they, they call it like the Championship Series, which no one calls it besides like the Commissioner. <laughs> it's so weird, but yeah, they should have been 160 games. They should they should have to sit out 162 games that are being played that they can't partake. They only served 60 of a season that was like. They just sat at home and didn't have to go through the rigors of the travel and the COVID and, and all that sh- stuff. So I think they had a much better time than a lot of managers who managed. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think if MLB would do it again, I would hope they would change the wording of the suspension. I mean, like it, 162 games, not till the end of the World Series. It's hard for me to argue against that. Obviously, as a fan of a team that's lost 98, 98, 114, and then a top five pick, I'm I'm completely fine with going out and getting a, a World Series winning manager. But I'm at a point now where it's, yeah, I mean, that is indefensible. And, and I can't, like, the, the, the fumbling of that investigation, sadly, opened things up to something that's probably going to happen again. And as much as I like Hinch, and I'm glad Hinch is the manager in Detroit, his Tom Verducci interview didn't like do him a whole lot of favors in regards to putting a bookend on that scandal. I mean, he was asked about the buzzers and he said, Hey, the MLB did their investigation and we're moving on, uh, which right away people are like, well, he never really denied it. Uh, which yeah. makes, and makes- I, I don't, I like people think a lot of Astros fans think I invented the buzzers theory. I, I didn't like Joel Sherman reported it right. before. And then I reacted to Joel reporting that now I had heard it from a bunch of people. But what I had heard was that other teams wrote an official like request to look into the buzz, the, look into them wearing devices. So like, I, I, I have never once heard that they definitely 100% warm. All I've heard is that it was a concern from other teams enough that they heard rumblings or thought of it, that multiple teams wrote into the league saying, can you look into this? Do you still think they did? Do you still think they use the buzzers? And in, in just deep down, they did something besides banging. Maybe that's when a better bang, way. To put it. Yeah. When okay. the banging stopped, they they found a new relay system. You have to be crazy to think they just were like, you know, we're done. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup, we're down to the flavorful four. It's between cookies and cream and cookie dough chunk. Oh, man. Both these sound so good right now. I, I got to stick with the tried and true. I'm going with cookie dough chunk. Cookie dough things. Cookie dough ice cream is my favorite. I'm sticking with that. But they're all winners in my book. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. 
Locked On MLB podcasts are featuring one of the biggest events of the year, the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around each team. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to a lighter note here, do you do you have a video of yours that stands out as like, man, I think I think that's one of my favorites or a breakdown that you did that you thought you killed it? No, I, I've done like 500. So I, a lot of it, a lot of the ones I'd say like savages would be more. Yeah. The, the content itself was there that made it so good. Mm-hmm. I get, no, I don't know. And when I do all these like college ones or non-baseball ones or even baseball ones, like sometimes I make them and I, for, I kind of forget about them. And then people will be like, you've like, I did a hockey one. I'm like this is the third time you cover this guy. How do you still not know us? Know who he is? And I'm like, oh, dude. Like I, <laughs> I people request it, and then I do like a three hour deep dive into what happened. Make sure I don't sound really dumb when I'm explaining to other people what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, unless it's really memorable, like I kind of forget. So I, I could try and think, but no. I mean, um, the Ramon Laureano one was fun. The uh, fight. The Cindy- fight last year. Yeah, yeah, because I because I know that that got that also went to the league office and they used it in like suspension for Citrone or whatever his name is. Yeah. No, I I, if, I would have to rack my brain to, to think of one, but not off the top of my head. A, a favorite one of mine. It was not a major league one. It was that Louisville pitcher who looked like a creative player on MLB The Show with the hair that was just trying to punk this Vanderbilt team. And you got again, and your attention to detail is so good because you got Kumar Rocker who. I think he just thrown no hitter against Duke, but it was before he was the name he is now. Yeah. You got him saying something that made that made me laugh my ass off when you when he you said uh, he said uh, I can swear on this. Yeah, go ahead. He said bitch ass hoe. Right. That that made and me. And then laugh. Uh, pitching ninja interviewed him mm-hmm. and then asked him about the video. And Kumar was like, "I said that. That's what I said." Yeah. No. I mean, he's. Um, I didn't know that was who he was at the time or anything. No, was- me neither. It, it took. I watched it about four months ago, and I went that that's. That's Cooper yeah. Rocker. That's a guy who hopefully falls to the Tigers at three, but I doubt it. You were on Trevor Bauer's YouTube page a few months ago. It was last season, and he did a kind of a series of questions with famous baseball personalities. And mm-hmm. they asked, what's one thing you could fix about the game of baseball? And you had you the, were had an original answer. And you said, I'm tired of announcers that hate the sport of baseball. And I, I processed that. I'm like, you know what? He's right. Because I've never watched a Sunday night football game and listened to Chris Collinsworth rip the NFL. Why yeah. do you think or, that? Or get upset about like, oh, you know, you know what the Phillies um, announcer did yesterday or Go Sunday? And I, I, I wanted to tweet this out, but I don't want to become the person who hates announcers. Right, right, of course. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the first pitch of the spring training game, and I get it, spring training. It's one pitch, one out. And the mm-hmm. Phillies announcers kind of tongue in cheek were like, oh, there you go. I like that pace. Let's keep that going. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, like one pitch in and you guys are like your main focus is how quick can this end? And yeah. that's spring training. So I get it. But that's how Sunday night baseball is like if a Sunday night baseball game goes into extra innings, the announcers are like dreading it. Why do you think that problem persists in baseball and not any other sport? Well, I, I don't think a lot of. Yeah, I don't want to put it. I I think that um, baseball is a grind for everyone. True. I think that 
there's some times where they think it's like high school, cooler to come off like a little more negative or deprecating in a way. Mm-hmm. And enthusiasm is lame when it couldn't be any less true. Uh, enthusiasm will always be the most interesting and genuine thing. You can you can find someone on YouTube who has a stamp collection and you'll find yourself listening to it for two minutes yeah. because they're so enthusiastic about it. But there is that like, you know, hallway mentality of like, oh, another inning. I can't believe this. And then I, I think that there's a lot of people that want to go into broadcasting and and love sports but don't love baseball. But that's where they've landed. You know, there are obviously, and I know you're not saying this, there's great, you know, announcers out there for local teams. And like, I think, Jason, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, of course. And like Jason Benetti, I think is phenomenal with the White Sox. I think you guys have a special crew. I think what Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill do, I think they're, they're always really good. I mean, Michael Kay's as veteran as it gets, but yeah, no, I mean, that is, it's a weird thing where pe- and people have told me like, man, even in videos uh, that I, of yours that I hate, the one thing that carries over is passion. And I think hat, like the word you use is enthusiasm. I think that that, you know, especially in baseball where you see these people 162 times a year, just being able to get to kind of know the announcers and, and feel that, that energy it's, it becomes infectious. And, and I, I thought that was a, a powerful answer that you gave. You've been on this amazing run. You know, I, you started, I believe in 2017 with the Yankees videos. What's yep. been the most surreal moment for you. What's been the most like pinch me. I must be dreaming moment. I can't believe that this is happening since this whole run started. Well, it was uh winter meetings after the 2018 season. So in between 18 and 19 mm-hmm. and uh, myself and Jake were there. Um, and I think maybe uh, BBD big baby, David, our producer had come with us as like a real low, like, just like, I'll, like just like hey we need help if you want to come be part of this comp blah blah and showed up like we had maybe our first time or second time meeting him in person but anyways three of us sitting there we're dressed in suits uncomfortable because we're sitting next to the yes network um in the media place we're so nervous and shy and we don't want to make anyone mad um we don't want to go to the scrums because we've never been in the scrums with the media but we're like you know hey michael can you do an interview with us or hey brian hulk you know at being as respectful quiet blah 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 we're sitting right next to the Yankees Yes Network hot stove interview section. And they're like, yeah, Cashman's coming by and he's going to get interviewed. So we're sitting there and um, and we're like on the side and then Cashman's on the little stage for the TV on the little chairs. And we're just watching. And uh, he turns and he looks at me and he says, uh, just nods at me. I'm like, what? So I, I look at Jay, I turn to Jake and I'm like, yo, I think Cashman just nodded at me. And he's like, I can't hear you. So he can't hear anything. So I text him. I'm like, Cashman just made eye contact and nodded at me. And Jake's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you're probably I don't, not you. And we're like, whatever. I was like, wild. And then um, and then after Cashman was done being on the Yes Network show, as he walked off the podium, he pointed at me and he said, I'm really happy to see you here and walked away. And I was like, what the, what? Like, why does how my face like i can get recognized my voice or something like my face like how does he recognize my face and why would he go out of his way to like say that but he and then i met him later on in the lobby and he was like yeah i listen to the show you guys do a good job and that's i've since gone on to talk to him a bunch and he's publicly like like i said like talked about me or whatever but uh that was the that was the first moment where i was like 
like shocked. Like, what? like I was honestly like, Jake, you saw that, right? You saw he was looking at me, right? Yeah, that was weird. Why, why am I on his radar? So that was cool. Does it make the job easier or harder knowing that you have that kind of attention now? I mean, we're talking about one of the great GMs in baseball over the last 50 years. I mean, does it make it tougher? No, e- easier. Um, more fun, you know. Yeah. We just, it's like a running joke now. Like, hey, Cashman, whenever, like, you know, right. he does listen to some episodes. Like, he listens to a lot of podcasts on his drive. So every now and then we just throw, like, hey, Cashman, if you're listening, blah, blah, blah. Two more for you. One, one thing I love about you is, is your authenticity. And a couple, uh, last year, you, Trevor Bauer posted the thing of you and um, Clevenger and Fuzzy talking, and he brought up the guy in Detroit who was, yes. and, I, he was th- and Trevor asked you, have you seen this guy? And you said, no, the team's been so bad. I haven't really seen much. And I had people sending that to me being like, can you believe this? He hasn't watched the Tigers. And I said, no, no, he's a smart man. I don't blame him. Uh, I, and, but I knew who you were. No, I know. No, I know. And, and that was, that was a very, very special moment. I, I, I appreciate that. But I just, it, it is a Tigers question because I, when you're in the midst of things in Detroit, I think sometimes, and I am guilty of this as anybody, you have a tendency to be a bit negative, but as an outsider in the little bit that you've seen, what, what is your kind of assessment of where they're at in terms of their rebuild right now? Yeah. Well, Cabrera's contract looks pretty bad still. That is correct. It goes up next year, right? Yeah. They got Uh, him for three more years. So, and then, and then the White Sox window is, is just opening as the Twins regular season window remains open and the postseason is like, you know, a right. distant uh, farce. Fever but, dream. But uh, uh, where are the Tigers right now? Like, I'm excited to see. Last year was excited to see if they got a full 162, if they could flip any of those guys they brought over on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And then I think they kind of got, got taken away from them. It's all about the pitching, right? And, yeah. then, and then I'm so skeptical on young pitching. So I, I don't even get excited for it when it's like Yankees young pitching. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lock a guy in as a good pitcher until he's done it like two full seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. Even then, I don't know. And then like, you know, you guys have had Fulmer and Boyd. And so you've seen it. Yes. You've correct. seen that you've you, like you, if there's any, team that should be super skeptical of young pitching it should be tigers fans but everyone seems pretty excited and, that, and i mean that's exciting so i don't know i mean i think that you're on the start of the ascent right uh but they, it's been slower right that, and that's the that's the counter argument is like the fact is it's year five and they're just starting the ascent and i'm with you about the pitching i mean i think that starting pitching unless you're the cleveland indians Starting yeah. pitching is very difficult to develop because starting pitchers are fragile and they have this three-headed monster with Mize, Manning, and Scooball. And I've said, probably one of these guys will be a stud. One of them will probably be good for a few years and maybe get injured and one of them won't pan out. And, like, and they did do a better job over the last year with getting Torkelson and getting Riley Green of, of adding some uh, some position players. But yeah, no, I mean, I look, I've, I'm, I'm with you and I've been skeptical about it from the beginning and they have to trade one of those guys, one of those guys. Yeah. And, and I mean, they've had the opportunity. I talked about this with foolish baseball and I've said it on this podcast a million times. They had the opportunity with Fulmer and didn't pull the string. They yeah. had the opportunity with Boyd and didn't pull the string. And, and Boyd was, you know, we had a six something ERA last year. I think he's better than that, but still, I mean, the, the you trade contracts, not players. And the, the value has gone down in both those guys. Fulmer 
is going to be coming out of the bullpen this year because as a starter in spring training and last year as well, he was getting rocked. But my last question for you is if, if 2017 Jimmy O'Brien and Mm -hmm. 2021 Jimmy O'Brien could sit down for one minute and have a conversation, what's the one piece of advice that current you would give to that version of you? Man, I mean, just to keep going or, or just to do to do it, like I would just say like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so different. I was living at my girlfriend's parents' house. Uh, I made no money and I was would get depressed every other week because I, I, I was like, how the hell am I going to like make money? I mean, I was like, a, I was a videographer for event company and it was ditch all my hobbies and all my stuff that I would like, like doing creative wise and just go edit for like a, a corp corporate company and do like in-house safety videos. That was like my path and Oh, it, it sucked. So, I mean, now like I have two dogs, I have a wife, um, a company, like it's, it's been the most wildest, even two years. Cause like tr- up until 2019, I was making zero money. I was living up a thousand dollars a month. Um, that's what we paid ourselves. But I mean, I, I wouldn't even like, like, I I think the cliche answer is like, it's going to work, but I don't think I'd tell myself that because then I don't think I would have stayed working as hard as I did. And I I still don't, it still hasn't, it's still not final. A lot of small companies come and go. So that's still, but I mean, I think I'd, I think I'd let it, let it lie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think I believed in myself and just enough. And I, and then I was thankful for that opportunity. Uh, in 2019, I got like a little carried away because our, our, our style was kill them with content. And we did like 40 shows a week. It's not a joke. We, we yeah. did 40, like 40 shows a week um, of tons of different things and tons of different styles. And I uh, was producing all of them and editing all of them and doing social media for all of them and doing our merch store. And if, if the only thing I'd say is um, only advice I would do is like ditch shows earlier that like aren't working and you don't see them working, but you're just doing them to do them because I did get a little too wrapped up in 2019 where my social life and my relationship was like in a bad spot. Hmm. But then again, that got me here. Just difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're an inspiration to me and I think what you've done has made the game so much more fun. I, I tried to ask you questions. You haven't been asked a million times, so I appreciate I, you. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sticking with it. Thank you so much for joining us, man. And uh, enjoy this season. I will. Any movies you've been high on any movies lately? I'm, I, I haven't been to the theater in a long time, but I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to watch Godzilla versus Kong probably on HBO max this week and see how, what I feel about it. So you like the artsy ones, right? I try to. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm open to anything. Okay. I watched bad trip with Eric Andre yesterday and it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. I like Eric Andre a lot. So it doesn't, that's not a shocker to me, but I appreciate you uh, yeah. keeping in touch with that man. Yeah. You're the best. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thanks man. Have yep. a good one. All right. That is it for my interview with Jimmy O'Brien, also known as John boy, a very special, very special moment. Uh, for, for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what we just did. And I, I really hope you all stuck with it. 
until the very end. Uh, he was great. He was he was sensational. He was better than I, I ever could have imagined. He was so open and honest, and I really appreciate him coming on. And this was a marathon show, but it was worth it. But that will end today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thanks again. Everybody, I will be right back here tomorrow with some more Tigers news. This was a very special episode. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Go Blue and go Tigers.